Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Bermanology on Letterman Row. I am Jeremy Birmingham, your host. I am joined today by former Ohio State head coach, former Ohio State defense coordinator, former Ohio State defensive lineman, former Ohio State everything, and current University of Cincinnati Bearcats head coach, Luke Fickle. Luke, thanks for taking time. I know it's been a, probably a crazy couple months for you and a busy one, I'm sure, with the opportunity to spend as much time as you want um, in the recruiting world and all that stuff. No, thanks for having me. And uh, one thing we do have a little bit of uh, right about now is, is time. And <laughs> not that we don't have a bunch of things to do, but, uh, you know, you, you can kind of script a lot of different things and, you know, find some, uh, some pockets, that's for sure, to, for, for things like this and, you know, to keep you busy, too. And, uh, you know, we all need social interaction. And uh, sometimes this is the greatest ones we can get. What is the... What's the biggest challenge of this for a head coach? I mean, you're, you're fortunate now. You've, you've been doing this a few years. You you have an idea of your routine and your rhythms and what you want to happen. But obviously, we're in very unchartered territory. So what, what are you doing different? What, what are you finding as the biggest challenges? Well, I think for us, I say us, I'd say guys, maybe my, my age, um, the most difficult thing is trying to build some type of relationship via things like this. You know, whether you're, you're having a meeting with a family um, like this and and uh, it, it makes it difficult, you know, where kids um, are used to it. I'm not saying that they all date via social media, but they certainly meet, introduce themselves, get to know um, people via I think things like this, whether it's social media, something through the heck. You know, it's just the common common today. But for people like me or in my age, like to sit down with people face to face, walk around with them, get to know them a little bit better. So I think it's becoming a challenge for us to feel comfortable, really, truly getting to know kids and families this way. You know, for you guys, I don't want to say you're a, a mid major program, but you know, in the big picture of college football, maybe people see you as that way. Is this opportunity to to recruit and build relationships in this time frame like better for you, or do you think that this puts you guys at a disadvantage down the road with with the return of visits and all that stuff whenever they happen? Well, the first thing is is that there's there's you. Know, I'm glad you didn't use that word that that keyword with a five behind it because we don't we don't refer to that uh, in our program because um, I tried to actually. I asked ESPN that two years ago at our league meetings. I said, where, where did that term even come up? You know, it was back when there was a BCS and right. certain leagues had, had, uh, had exposure to the BCS and others didn't. <clears throat> and the reality is we all know there's a difference and the difference becomes, uh, in what the networks pay you, uh, which in return, you know, does some different things more so for your coaches and even your kids. Sure. Um, but I don't think it's much of anything different. I think the unique thing, um, you know, is 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 more so that that's a stigma for us in in some of the conference talks. Uh, but I don't think it hurts us uh, at this time, to be honest with you, because you know sometimes you aren't on campus, sometimes you aren't seeing some of the the things that the people we have to recruit against might have nicer than us because of you know maybe the the, the value, the money that they receive, and the facilities that they can build. Um, we'll, we'll be, I'll be the first one to tell them, look, I, I can't take you down there and show you something prettier than what you've probably already seen. But uh, I think where it's a little bit tougher for us is to sell our kids and to get them around our kids and to let those guys get there, um, get a better feel for our program and, and what we're all about. Um, 
from the, you know, the, the people that are a part of the program. Right now, a lot of it is done like this and, and you know, tours of campus and, and virtual tours where you're showing facilities. And <clears throat> quite honest with you, that's probably not the strength of what it is that we do. Uh, so that's where it's made it difficult for us sealing the deal um, unless we've had a personal relationship um, with some of those guys before all this has hit. As somebody who spent more than two decades inside of the Woody Hayes Athletic Center and playing at Ohio State, growing up in Columbus, seeing everything that you saw as a as an assistant coach under Jim Trussell and then under Urban Meyer and then in, you know with your time there at Ohio State as the interim coach in 2011, not interim coach, full time head coach 2011. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Nobody says that anymore. But that's it. It's the truth. I mean, you know, <laughs> words matter, right? Uh, yeah. Words matter. So, uh, what's the biggest uh, adjustment that you found when you took the job at Cincinnati? Was there a surprise one way or the other? Like, hey, you know what? This football's actually pretty damn good as well. Or was there a surprise in the other way? Like, wow, I, I didn't really think that the gap would be this big. I mean, what was the biggest yeah. adjustment for you? No, I, I think you you don't realize it when, you know, at a place like Ohio State, um, the continuity that you had is has a lot to do with not just winning, but it has a lot to do with the program, whether that's losing kids. I'm not even talking recruiting. I just mean kids leaving. Uh, I mean, coaches leaving. And I'd say some of the best things that, that we did with Coach Tress or Coach Tress did was keep an incredible continuity of coaches. And you lose one here and there. But the reality is um, it was a lot easier to build when you kept those core core coaches and, and things intact. Uh, obviously, Coach Meyer did a, did a lot of the same. Um so when you came here, I think the biggest thing was not, you know, I told the kids the biggest thing was a mindset, you know, the difference from where I was from. And it was a mindset, not just of the coaches, but probably of the kids, that, you know, what they really believed and saw and thought about themselves and where they could go. Uh, but I thought the biggest thing of building a program was how can you maintain that core nucleus of what you got? Because there's so many other things out there and, and coaches got to take care of their families uh, and, and so our first year, we went four games, should have won one, but win four games and lose two to three coaches. And it's like, we're not losing a coach because of the performance we did. Right. We're, we're only losing a coach because somebody wants them and can pay them more. And that to me was the most difficult thing. Um, you know, so that was hard for me. The first year I was so uh, frustrated um, that it, it kind of made me step maybe take a couple steps back. And it wasn't until I talked to actually a former coach here, Rick Minner, uh, and, and he kind of gave me some great advice. He said, look, look for it as you're going to lose coaches here. It just is what it is. You know, there's a lot of other opportunities out there and, and in a lot of cases, more money. Uh, look at it as a way for you to build your program and to make you better. And since I took that advice, I've kind of looked at every time somebody has, you know, kind of left the program as a way for us to get better. And, and, that's been the strength of us here is as a coach has left, we've hired somebody better. And I don't mean a better coach. No, because that's not the case. I mean, you know, we lose uh, Al Washington, who was here with us our first year. And, you know, the, the next year we bring in a new coach. We got better. Not because there's a better coach. No, Al's awesome. But we also knew a little bit more about what our team and program might need going into year two. We lose two more in, in, or three more in year two. Uh, going into year three, and, and we just had a chance to know the makeup of your team, what's going to give you a chance, not just in that unit room, but also as a program, and for myself as well, 
to add somebody that's going to bring something a little bit different. Um, but it's difficult if you lose your core nucleus uh, of those guys. And fortunate for me, I've only lost one guy that's kind of been that core nucleus, and that was this year. You know, I think it's interesting as, as coaches because what you're saying makes a lot of sense. It's not that you're getting a better coach or whatever, but the, the former coach who leaves, you still have what he taught there. So it's almost yeah. like it's almost like uh, you're growing uh, with parts that are left behind because you can take the best parts of that coach and what he taught and how he approached things and then add it to the next one and you sort of just keep building up. You know, for you as a guy that you're, you're sort of in a u- very unique position because not only did you play at Ohio State for John Cooper, but then coached with Jim Tressel, coached with Urban Meyer. There's no doubt that Ohio State is as intrinsically woven through you as anybody in the country. How important is the relationship with you and Ryan Day, you and Ohio State now? Oh, I think it's big. I don't have a whole lot of, uh, I'd say, really good friends in this business. I, you know, being at one place for a long time probably doesn't increase your circle of people that's that no. you know yeah your public your your public list of uh enemies is, is far more well known than your public list of friends well i'm good with that because if they're kicking your butt they, they'll be your buddies a lot more uh but you know so so mark d'antonio was a guy i coached with it was a, it was a close friend chris ash who obviously was at Rutgers, was a guy that you know head coaches that you could bounce ideas off of um you know it's just I don't have a whole lot of that. So for us to have that relationship with, with Coach Day, Ryan, and those guys, and Coach Marathi, um, and, and everything in Columbus, especially during this time where, you know, we, we want to keep up with the best. And we want to keep up in everything that we're doing, whether it's through this remote learning, whether it's what we can do for our kids during this time. I know this, that in Columbus, they're pushing the envelope in every, in every aspect of what they're doing. Um, and if I didn't have a direct connection and link to knowing and, and getting some insight as to what they're doing and what they're trying to do, um, you know, sometimes we, you know, our people around here, even our AD or even our athletic department stuff, we compare ourselves to what was going on in the league. And the last thing we want to do is really compare ourselves to what's going on in the league. We want to compare ourselves to the best and to have some of that, you know, what's going on, um, you know, whether it's bounce ideas off of during this time or, or even, uh, some other situations with, you know, obviously guys leaving Ohio State, there's some connections that we've been able to uh, kind of jump on and, and be assets to our program and what we're doing as well. Last year, it was interesting, though, Ohio State signed a couple of players from from Cincinnati and um, they were teammates of one of the guys you signed, Jaheim Thomas. And th- there was a moment when speaking with Paris Johnson and Darion Henry, who we can talk about they're, they're, they're which is weird. We can talk they're about, enrolled. but you know, those kids took official visits to your school. And I, and I, I asked them because it's my job, what, what's going on? And they're like, you know, we want to help Cincinnati. We want to be there to help Cincinnati. And when you played in Columbus last September, Ohio state had Jaheim as, as a visitor for the game, even though they knew they weren't really trying to, recruit him at that point and he was committed to you guys is that a super rare thing to have that sort of symbiotic uh kind of working together relationship with a an in-state program like that Uh, i don't know i I think it's i think it's unique right now um to be honest with you uh i kind of look forward to the time when it's not as well woven because as soon as you can become a foe or you can become a real competitor (laughs) <laughs> right, maybe right. there's a little bit more friction and 
and they don't want to help as much. But regardless of all those things, I know here that's that's kind of what my belief. That's where we got to get to. At some point in time, if we can be an actual foe, uh, you know, that maybe that relationship we can strain it a little bit. But it still comes down to having a pre-existing relationship and, and knowing no matter what happens on the field, um, you know, you got some people that you you know deep further beyond the wins and the losses and that you can, you know, help yourself get better, help maybe in some ways help them, um, you know. And, and, and again, we're always looking for different things in different ways, but we're always looking for help, and especially in this recruiting. Sometimes it's just great to know. You want to know what the best are doing. And you know, to be honest with you, sometimes, you know, you got to figure out where you're going to spend all your time. And uh, that's not beating your head against the wall sometimes in recruiting. And if you know that maybe they're going to what they're going to do and where they're headed, then it can help you guide yourself in, in some ways, too. So I think no matter what um, I say, we want to become a foe. I also want to continue to have a relationship where there's a respect enough that, you know, we can help each other out in any way possible. The only way you can do that's by you know, having something pre-existing and, and continue to be honest with one another and knowing that it's, you know, competitive in every way possible, but uh, there's something beyond that as well. If you look at those 24 years, 24 years you spent in Columbus with the Buckeyes, mm-hmm. 25, yeah, whatever. Yes. You, it's, a, it's a lot <laughs> of years. It's a lot of years. <laughs> What's the one game, whether it was as a player, as a coach, that you wish you could go back to and change? Come on now. You don't want to go there. I do. Uh, uh, listen, no, I, 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 I grew up in this. I, I'm going back to 1996 and Tim Biakovatuka. We just, uh, no, Biakovatuka was 94. I should go back. Or 93. 96 was, was, 96 was, was Ty Springs. 90 yeah, Springs. Ty, Ty Springs. Or Ty, uh, no, Ty, Ty Streets. Street everybody Slip, would yeah. say that Sean, you know, one of the greatest athletes I've ever been around. I think I said that in an interview the other day. He said, who are the, some of the, the four greatest athletes you've ever seen? And Sean Springs was one of the four greatest athletes I've ever seen. And it's funny that we all have this recollection that, that Ty Streets did a nice little slant, double slants over there. And, Just a slip. and Sean, Sean Springs slipped and he goes the distance. What they don't remind you of is the last five or six minutes that they just pounded the ball down our throat and kept it away from our offense and um you got two or three or four first downs based on that strength of uh guys we had up front with Vrabel and Finkus and Ryan Miller and Greg Belisari and that little guy myself in there as well you know we, we since Sean was one of the greatest athletes we ever I ever knew we'll, we'll throw it on his shoulders to say he slipped and that's why they beat us but there's no doubt that that's the one that hurts and is always there. That was the first Ohio State Michigan game I ever attended, uh, and oh. I, I was at that time the North End Zone. They, they they let you stand on the track in the end zone yeah. if you remember, and I was standing yeah. down there, so I was 20 yards away from where Sean slipped, and uh, it was pretty brutal. People ask oh. me, people ask me as a long, you know, I, I've I've I'm 41 years old. I've grown up watching Ohio State. That 96 game, the 98 Michigan State game, of course, the 2015 Michigan State game, um, I think are the big three in my mind. But the 96 one stood out because you guys seemed like the best team in the country that year. uh, And that was extremely agonizing. So I can imagine how well felt for you. You just brought up three. And guess what? All three of those, I was directly a part of. Even the 98 uh, Michigan State one. I was back helping out and vividly remember the ball bouncing off our head on a punt and 
than them coming back and then obviously the 2015 game. But the unique thing about that 96 one is that I'll never forget. Um, nine nothing at half and somebody coming into the defensive you know, side of the locker room and tell us, hey, guys, nine nothing now. If they don't score, they don't win. Pretty profound yeah. statement coming from a coach that <laughs> we can add to that we we realize that uh, when you're up nine to nothing, if they don't score, they're not going to win. But uh, I don't need to go back all that. And to, to add to the argument, I've always there's always this conversation among Buckeye fans and people on the internet, of course, who the best all time Ohio State cornerback was. And I I've always said Sean Springs, and a lot most people argue that it was Antoine Winfield. Um, but in my mind, Springs was so much different as far as what he could do was locking down an entire side of the field that I always feel vindicated when I hear people like you praise him that way. He was incredible. like I said, I mean, you're talking about if I said four of the best athletes I've ever been around, and he's in one of those four, the other three of them came from you know that time there as well. But uh, no, he, he there was nothing he couldn't do, and and uh. Very intelligent, smart about it as well. So, uh, you know, quite unique. And, and I played with a bunch of those guys. Obviously, I played with Antoine as well. Luke, as a coach now in the, in this world, with recruiting the way it is, what are one or two things that you would like to see different? Uh, in the recruiting process, I, gosh, it's it's really hard to to pinpoint one or two things. Um, you know, the, the ability for kids to have more access onto, you know, your campus and be around. I'm not saying that, you know, you need to open up the gates. I just don't, um, I just don't believe that, that, you know, all the, the conversations and calling kids and, and that's the best thing in the world. Uh, but for some way, somehow to have more opportunities to be around them. Uh, personally, for me, I wish that was, you know, head coaches being able to go on the road a little bit more. I think the idea of something in the spring, um, you know, where you can, you know, I think that's the whole idea of those spring visits. So I think that was probably in the summer visits were one of the big things that they, that they needed to do. Um, you know, I can't, the only thing I would, the other thing I, you know, this, this whole image and likeness is, I don't want to get into all that, but moving forward is going to be make recruiting 100% different. Yeah. You know, and, and, you just went from trying to recruit a kid based on personality and recruiting his family and, um, you know, really getting to know them to adding a dollar value into what recruiting is all about. And, you know, so I don't know that there's anything that, that I would say would, I would want to change. There's something I'd say I don't know that I want to get involved in, and it's going to be this name, image, and likeness that um, I just don't know how it's going to be able to be controlled. And, we had a conversation. We had talked about it on, on our recruiting meeting yesterday uh, as a staff. I said, I just wanted an update on where we are with the name image license and when it's going to go into play because I need to have, we need to have one year of a plan to when this thing goes into play is how we're going to do it. Not just how we're going to do it for our kids, but more importantly, how we're going to do it in, in attacking recruiting. Yeah. I mean, are you guys going to have to have an accountant on staff now? Like there's all these weird things, a, a tax preparer. Like, I mean, there's all these things that are – uh, I mean, we could. Uh, that's no, not, yeah, you, not a rabbit hole we should go down, probably. But no, I, I don't know that. It, all I all I can tell you is, it's going to bring a lot of different dynamics to a college football team that I don't know if everybody realizes uh, that, that we're opening up, regardless of money and all those different things, agents and things like that. 
I'm talking about all I care about is what's going to happen inside our locker room. And, right. Um, we all know when you start bringing your, your, your checks to the office and, you know, when there starts to become a dollar value on, on things that, that was the, to me, always the purity of college football. Um, for me as a coach that I never wanted to step in between when those kids took that next step from college to the NFL, as soon as they got done, all those people started calling about autograph sessions and this, that, the other thing, a memorabilia. And I used to say, look, I don't get involved. I won't tell them anything. I don't bring up anything about agents because as soon as money becomes involved, it changes the relationship. And just one of those ones, I think it's going to be really difficult. Last thing, Luke, before I let you get out of here, um, you obviously had an opportunity, not just this past offseason, but even the year before, to, to move on from Cincinnati. And you're talking about coaches and how important it is to build something that's uh, the continuity there. What motivated you? What drove you to say, you know what, I, I know I have these other opportunities, uh, uh, maybe bigger opportunities. Why, why Cincinnati for you? Well, there's some things that I'll never – kind of divulge that stays down in it. It's a motivator for me, but uh, really to be honest with you, I've never been about whatever that is, is the title or, or even the money and things like that. I, I really enjoy the relationships and everything that we do, um, you know, and, and yes, we've got a really good thing going here. I think we've got a heck of a team coming back. So those are factors. Uh, your, my family is a huge, huge factor. Uh, my son going to be a senior is a big factor, but the reality is, you know, with all those things being a factor, it still comes down to, you know, what it really excites me. Um, what I really want to be able to do is, is, you know, truly be able to leave a legacy. Uh, and I just don't think you can do that. I mean, I'm not saying it's not going to happen and at some time we won't leave because, you know, who knows, right. but to do it in three or four years, I just, I don't think it's right. I don't think it's, um, you know, the right thing and what I wanted to try to build here and for the kids and things that we sold uh, and, and for the coaches as well, because we had a lot of coaches that had an opportunity to go. And I'll be honest with you, as I, you know, as those opportunities came, that core nucleus of guys, you, you, you reflect on it and you, um, you know, you kind of lean on those guys to see some of the, the opinions of what they had, because, you know, if you do go someplace else, you make it a little bit better, you know, for them and their families too. But to a T, they love what it is that we got here. They love the kids we got here. They love what it is that we built. And, you know, the fact that we believe we are going to be pretty darn good as well. So all those things kind of add together and, and make it really difficult for you to go and help you to keep your true principles uh, intact and not let them get swayed by, you know, money and different things. Well, I mean, I know from from a lot of people who are Buckeyes fans and the perspective always used to be that Cincinnati was sort of, another world and sort of Cincinnati, Kentucky. Um, but, uh, you know, having you there, it does seem like you've kind of grown the the Bearcat fan base throughout all of Ohio a little bit more. And I think you have a lot of Buckeye fans now who root for you and and for, for UC to continue to grow and get better. So keep up everything you're doing. Thank you so much for taking some time and uh, we will let you get out of here. That's Luke Fickle. I'm Jeremy Birmingham. This has been Bear Monology on Letterman Row. Thanks for watching. Well, I'll catch you folks next time.